Perak 8 of Sefer Shmuel Aleph, Taifanach. It's a difficult and, and very changing Perak in reference to the history of Kali Israel. Until now, we've got Shoftim, we've got judges. Perak 8 is the first request that we're going to have a king in Kali Israel. We'll talk about how exactly that works. The first is that Shmuel's sons, Yoel and Aviyah, were told that they don't follow in their father's ways. They sinned. The Gemara and Shabbos discussed whether they actually discuss whether they actually sinned. Is it just that they were not on the same level as Shmuel, their father? Maybe they didn't encourage people to come to them. Uh, sorry, didn't encourage people to ask halachic questions, and they didn't go to the people. They demand the people come to them. Maybe the Gemara says they did this to increase the income of those employed by their based in. Nevertheless, the people, the, the sons of Shmuel were certainly not like Shmuel himself. The people ask for a king to rule over them, and this greatly disturbs and upsets Shmuel. Shmuel very strictly and harshly rebukes them. He tells them of all the rights that a king has. He can take your children to be in the army. He can levy taxes. He can do all these kind of things. He says you can, he can take away your land. By the way, there's a machlokas in Rashi and Radak here. Does it mean a king can actually take away and confiscate land or only the, the produce of the land? That might sound a bit small. That's going to be very relevant when we later learn uh, about the episode with uh, Izebel's plan to seize the vineyard of Navos. That question as to whether you can actually confiscate land, whether the king has a right to do so, is very relevant over there. Shmuel warns Kali Shal, even if they cry out due to oppression from the king, Hashem is not going to listen to them. And therefore he says, don't go for a king. But nevertheless, the people say we want a king. The question the Mepharshim ask is, what's so bad? Why did Shmuel say you can't have a king? After all, isn't it the Gemari in Sanhedrin? Gemari Sanhedrin Dabchaf says that one of the three mitzvahs we have upon coming into Eretz Yisrael, entry to the land, the mitzvah that the Rambam says is mutal ala tzibur, it's on the community, is to appoint a king. You have to appoint a king, build the Beis HaMikdash, and destroy Amalek. And the Siva Shalom writes so beautifully, this is uh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Sukkot. Rosh Hashanah is appointing a king, Hashem. Yom Kippur, removing Amalek. Getting rid of any element of doubt, any element of contamination, and sukkahs is the base hamikdash, the sukkah. We dwell with Hashem in the the shechina, so to speak, in the sukkah. Uh, therefore, we have that parallel. But nevertheless, the Rishonim asked, the commentary say, "What's so bad? Isn't it a mitzvah to appoint a king?" The Abarbanel happens to hold that it's not a mitzvah to appoint a king, but most seem to hold that it is. And they say the following, the Rambam and the Radak, they say different versions of the same idea. The people didn't want a king, Lashem Shemayim. The people either wanted a king for the entirely wrong reasons, namely to serve Avodah or to be like all the other nations. They didn't want a king for the right reasons. And therefore, Shmuel felt that in doing so, they were rejecting him. They were rejecting the destiny of Israel at this point. They were not asking for a king for the right reasons. And therefore, they shouldn't have a king whatsoever. If you're going to have a leader for the wrong reasons, that leader is going to lead you astray. It's going to lead you in the wrong direction. Let's see what happens in the next paragraph.